0: So do you have plans to try to pursue diagnosis or like formal DBT treatment there? Or are you kind of just like happy gaining the knowledge that you've gained and just like moving forward?
1: Yes and no. I've been thinking about it quite a bit, which is pushing me to just do it because I keep it keeps popping up in my head. Um but at the same time I've also been like reading a little bit about mental health here. It's sometimes it's like with the experiences that even from the podcast that I've been hearing about, um, sometimes it's just by association that people might, which funny enough, I don't really care how people see me, but it's like, do I have to do that? That's what goes into my head. And then the other side of my head like, you're thinking about it might as well. Right. So I might, I might try and see, or seek a, a psychiatrist or something. Because to be honest with you, I don't even know who to go to to get a proper diagnosis. As for the treatment, uh, for the most part, even just talking to somebody might already like help out. Because as I've been discovering with myself, it's like, oh shit, I'm doing some of the things to like stay alive or stay functioning or like, to keep going and to keep developing things and all of these things, you know, not being stagnant in many ways. I do know many parts of my my life and myself are still kind of like in a state of stagnancy. So I was like, okay, might as well, you know, change it up and get uncomfortable maybe, you know, talking to somebody, getting that diagnosis. So I'm kind of like trying to see who I can go to. Is it, you know, I'm trying to see if it's just within the whole, general practice here do i go to a specific psychiatrist or do i go i because i really have no idea where to go um that comes from the whole i grew up in the philippines thing who do you talk to i have no idea you know do i just go to a therapist and ask that i'm not really sure as much as i could i i you know learning even learning vulnerability was a thing for me like learning how to like tell friends and like I need something, I need help. Like it's always like just me, right? It was always just like um I have to handle it on my own because no one else gets it. Um but even learning that vulnerability thing and not feeling so ashamed about it um has been helping quite a bit actually like being able to like um be more open as to how I express that kind of like I need a hand or I just need an ear or, you know, um, yeah. And being able to kind of like deal with that uh, embarrassment or shame through that is, was, or is uh, a tricky thing. But I find that over the hump, it's like, oh, my God, there's kind of like an exhale there. And that was a huge revelation. As as little as it seems to, like, exhale over a hill, it's like I can see that way, you know? I can see a little bit further from today. Um, because that's also why it's like, yeah, I think I will still end up kind of like maybe going to... Um, have a diagnosis or, or something because I still have very difficult days like very, very difficult days of like sometimes it's triggered by you know, principalistic things students or like people, you know, just humans <laughs> just humans in general um, and it's or, and sometimes it's just coming, going back to experiences of broken family or whatever it is you know it's anger towards said family also like it's it's also like this whole thing of like okay maybe maybe an extra set of hands and ears and eyes might actually like do something for me you know um although I do I, I did have a therapist back in was that 2019 I think it was. And that was great. It was just shit was going down with my ex as well at that time. Life was going, it was happening. And then I got scammed out of my money. (laughs) So I couldn't even pay for therapy. (laughs)
0: Mm. Like when it rains, it pours. It's
1: when it, that was a whole tsunami of a thing. And I thought I was. How's it? How's, this is it. I'm giving up. Fuck this shit. I'm so sick and tired of it. And I find myself listening to the 2% that says, get your ass up out of bed, man. And I do. I do. Every day I listen to the 2% of my head that says, yo, get up. You need to like stretch. You need to like, you know, even like, playing video games, play a game, like something, like just get up out of bed, you know? And that was huge. Like, like uh, aside from the martial arts, like video games saved my life with, you know, just being in a different world, literally, totally. in my head space, you know? And it's a, let alone moving to a new country, um, that's a huge thing i never left manila in terms of like living anywhere else you know um or never left the philippines for that matter um but moving here you change your life uh, and then you wake up with your partner and you reset yeah. again yep you reset again and i'm at that reset now it's like a second reset in life and which is kind of, ironically, not ironically, like I started rereading about bipolar at that point, you know, resetting life. I was on my own living in this place where I have flatmates again and stuff, roommates. I'm like, okay, reread about it. And I'm like, it really doesn't like sit. And I remember an old student was a passerby. Um, so that student, Came in for maybe, maybe I'd say three sessions. I don't even remember quite well how many. And that person was like, um, just to let you know, very open about it. I have BPD. It's like, okay. At that point, I was like, okay. I have no idea what the fuck that was. Okay. I have bipolar. I'd probably get you. You know, that's always my thing. I'll still give you a hug, dude. Like, you know, whatever it is that you're going through, we'll still train, and we'll still move. And if you need to talk about anything, we'll talk about it. So it was always in the back of my head. When that person stopped training, I was like, maybe they're going through something or whatever it is. I hope they're okay. But that whole thing was always in the back of my head. So when I started rereading about bipolar and didn't sit well, I'm like, hmm. Like, borderline personality disorder. And you're fucking right. Don't Google that shit.
0: Absolutely not.
1: Don't Google that shit. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to (laughs) die. No one's ever going to like me. And I'm never going to be back in a relationship. For some reason. So I started doing that. And I started like just going on YouTube. And I was like, borderline personality disorder. And they were all like monotonous. I was like, I went back to Google and I was like, best podcasts for borderline personality disorder. Your podcast came first. The moment I heard both of you, I was like, oh my god, color, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, there's more to it than just bleak, un- like unlovable pieces of shit. You know? Like, because at that point, I was like, okay. My life is fucking over. Like I might have to just go back to Manila or whatever it is. Um, that's why I reached out to you guys because when I started listening, I literally binge listened. I never listen to podcasts. I'm a music person. Like I'm like I listen to music a lot. Like always, just you know, when I'm out, I'm just listening to music. When I'm on the commute, whatever. When I started listening to you guys, I was like. I would sleep and wake up listening to your shit. Like I'd fall asleep. Oh my
0: god, you probably have nightmares of our laugh and shit. I'd like
1: <laughs> I'd like fall asleep listening to a topic. Because I do believe in like that subconscious thing, right? You're still listening to it. So I was like, okay. I'd wake up, I'm like, maybe I understood it a little bit better. Um and then I'd listen to it again. I'm like, I don't remember this. <laughs> so I'd listen to it again. So but that helped dramatic like dramatically just because a new perspective was offered that was not offered via even the greater internet you know and i'm like i don't need to jump the gun on anything just fucking slow down chill the fuck out start breathing again because i like admittedly i told a couple of students that were close to me here in 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 London and I told them and I was like uh, and I found myself telling them with a smile on my face I'm like this is weird and I realized why I was smiling I was like because it made sense like a glove fit yes. even if it's a bad glove but a glove fit I'm like
0: there's a okay. relief
1: yeah I'm like it's weird because it's not a good thing but it's a good thing that I'm, I'm figuring this thing out. So that whole contradiction, I'm still wrapping my head around that whole contradiction of like, I can be this person, but I can also be another thing or, you know, a different type of me. Um, That was an interesting, I'd say, couple of weeks. You know, like, I've told a couple of people that I don't, I'm not really that super close. They're like, Oh my God, are you going to kill me in the night? Like, dude, I'm not Absolutely fucking not,
0: sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I and I told And I told that person, I was like, I'd probably get myself first. Before that and happens. 100%. Like, chill. Like, chill, bro. Because obviously, you know, because I'm associated with the martial arts, they're like, Oh my God, like, right. are you going to turn violent?" it? I've had my violent streaks. I know I can be. That's also why I do the martial arts, you know, to understand that level of violence. <laughs> that was a huge thing. The anger
0: is a huge It's huge funny thing. because for me, there's no one I trust more with my physical safety than another person with borderline because I understand the severe self-hate and shame that comes with it. I know that another person with borderline doesn't want to hurt me.
1: Exactly. You know? Exactly.
0: And so, but that's not what the quote unquote civilian community understands, right? That's not what non people understand.
1: Absolutely not. And that's a thing, right? Like. I've been able, like, again, it's like looking back, like the road I ended up choosing to take to get to where I am was all riddled with either people that might end up being there for me just because they love me or lessons that are hard enough when I was young so that I either don't do it again or at least I know better. When I get older and even the training that I end up doing as much as I do kickboxing and boxing, all of these other things, the training that you'd see in my videos is it it feels so real, but the safety is so present because when I was taught the, the grandmaster that was teaching me was always like, there should be trust between the practitioner and the teacher that stuck with me like glue. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm getting obsessed with this thing. And because I feel things from 35 and up, I'm like, okay, obsessed it is like, you know, um, so I got, I just, okay. Like, let's get this better and let's have people feel pressure, stress, and have them learn to get to know themselves through that and and move through that without having to hurt them that that's huge like obviously there will be knuckleheads that will try something and I explicitly say if I don't know what you're doing I will end up hitting you because that's the nature of the work um and it is still a martial art It's it's still combative you know in that way but that's a that was a huge turning point being able to like okay I got into fights I got into trouble a lot arguments and altercations traffic driving and all of these different things i'm like okay this training is offering to make me understand not only violence but myself within that circle without hurting me and i'm like okay this might be something that can help not only me but eventually might be able to help people that uh go through Maybe even remotely a similar thing as I do, you know, And for the most part, it's been interesting, but uh, you know, because of the whole idea of well, you should do classes, but I don't. obviously people are like, you should do it. I can't. it's it's very interpersonal. It's very, you know. so the in that way, I can say that the BPD kind of pushed me there to find that and to be obsessed with the right thing, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Even just the poetry, just getting you know, falling in love with poetry, falling in love with spoken word and falling in love with all these different things. It's just like, oh shit, I can put it on a page and for a split second, I don't feel anything. <laughs> so this is what it's like to be me kind of thing. Um, yeah, that is something I love so love to say really that, is.
0: like I love to say that, like I don't know an artist who's not been at some point in their life pretty like significantly depressed. There's just something about it, and it's interesting because, like, I don't think we have to be depressed to create, but maybe no. it is for me the art that resonates the most is that the art that speaks to that part of me. I don't know.
1: Yeah, same here. And I, I, I've said this, I don't remember quite when I've said it, but I said it to a friend of mine. I was like, I think that's the balance of life, that life is difficult and life is hard and we will get depressed because at that time, if you're still, oh, you're bipolar or whatever, you get depressed. But I always thought, I always knew I had something, but I didn't know exactly what it was. But I, I said that that is the balance of life, at least for me. Is I'm able to either put it down on a page, create something or have someone be the hands for the idea that I have. And, and the result of that, no matter how melancholic or how sad it was, it becomes a piece that's connected to you. That's also why movement became my thing or like martial arts became my thing. Because I'm like, even if I can't, because I can't draw for shit. I can write. But I can't draw for shit like my hands don't agree with me like I I tell them to go down it goes left and right but but with being able to do art while I'm depressed movement you know even just understanding that maybe I can move a little bit faster move a little bit more explosive or stronger be this and be that um, it offers an insight to me at least as to what is possible beyond what I go through. But it's also because of what I go through that I end up being able to look for that angle, at least. That's why this whole contradiction thing sometimes drives me nuts because it's like, yeah, okay. It's there. I can begin to appreciate what it does but on the other side i still fucked up like it's still it still messes with my head like i some days i can't sleep some days i eat too much some days i don't eat some days i just want to do drugs or whatever it is you know because like, i don't I, I i stop drinking that's one thing that i'm like i alcohol never really agreed with me too much but i also found myself drinking not to socialize i drink to get drunk like and I wake up I'm like
0: Why? I know that drinking <laughs> <laughs> I love that drinking like, oh my
1: god like because at the same time it's like because of the whole idea of like because I get sometimes I get like too I get my hangover I describe it as I get my hangover even before the night ends and sometimes I'll drink and it's like it just agrees with me that evening and
0: I can that keep going and then i can't drive here's my keys drive me home and i mean it, at least you don't don't drive yourself oh don't get me wrong now that's when i, can, I know
1: <laughs> when yeah. i can st- this is all like you know yep, this is a younger, very very
0: borderline thing we all get it
1: <laughs> and that that whole thing of like and i and i heard you was it you or Lori that said it at one point it's like uh, oh, it was you! Like the unprotected sex and all these different things. I'm like, mine. It's the reckless driving, and it was the fights, and it was the drinking, and then oh, I'm drink- getting myself home. Oh, you're a little bit drunk. Yeah, I can get myself home. Thankfully, I'm still alive. Um, but you
0: know, I there have been a memory <laughs> that still makes me sick to this day of. I know exactly where I was. I had I had been drinking for probably 12 hours. I don't know how many capsules of mushrooms I ate. Um I also had my my prescription drugs in my system and I drove and I remember the bright white lights of a cop car right behind me and I remember uh. that thinking- I remember thinking this is the moment my life is over and I took a right and the cop went straight and I remember thinking I will never do this again and um I've been sober since this time around so coming up
1: I'm I'm surprised little poo didn't come out
0: (laughs) yeah I know yeah there was a lot going on that night but I think I'm all I should be I'm probably right around 75 or 80 days sober. So um, that's amazing. But I will, I have no desire. I remember thinking, Sarah, I cannot believe at 29, we are still doing this. I will never do this again. Like I think about the times that I have gotten places, not knowing how I got them and that I have never hurt someone else. Forget hurting myself.
1: Forget exactly my exactly.
0: car but hurting community member I would never be able to live with myself so yeah I like I fucking get it it's interesting
1: to live through them because I've lost like batchmates um in school back in Manila due to drinking driving um and I was like oh you know it's obviously it's really sad and at that point I think I was Probably in my early 20s, I'd stop drinking. I think I drank the same day. Like, after saying that, I'm just like, you know, oh my God, I'm so sad, (laughs) you know? And living through that is a little bit interesting because, like, alcohol never really agreed with my body, or my body never really agreed with alcohol. So it would reject it naturally. So it was easier for me to stop. But the other shit, like, you know, the other drugs and stuff, like, just why would I stop that (laughs) but at the same time it's like being able to consciously like I'm done I'm okay I'll choose like because now I still smoke but like you know I smoke but you know I'm not hurting anybody I have no I there's no like threat of like driving off a cliff or anything because. All I'll probably do is get hungry and fall asleep. I'm like, okay, that's a little bit better than it used to be, you know? And I've had like faint spells with alcohol. Like my blood would suddenly drop and just like, oh my God, get me sugar, water or something because I can't stand up. Um, It's scary. It's scary. And at the same time, now that we're able to talk about it, it, it's like... And it connects again to what we were saying earlier about that whole service to the community thing. It's like, that's why I tell some of, some of my sisters, not all of my sisters, but I tell some of my sisters, don't be like me. My examples are not to be followed. The stories are funny because I make them funny. When I was going through them, it was shit. <laughs> it was horrible. The shame that that encompasses is immense. Like, Of course, I'd never told anybody this is probably the first time I'm telling like a whole audience, but it, it it's immense. Like the, the whole idea of you wake up and you're like, holy fuck, I got to go fight again. Like, you know, like, you know, like, oh my God, I ruined this car. And I like, oh my God, you know, like I've done some dumb shit. And as much as it is, when we're 95 million years old, they're like when I was younger, that's what I did. Fine. But we're not yet there. <laughs> it's still horrible today. Um, that's also why with the chosen art that I do, chosen profession that I do, like chosen livelihood is is so... Like it it gives me that whole thing of like, okay, you're responsible for them. And you can't fuck up anymore. Like you fuck up, they fuck up. And I think it's also an excuse for me to like it's a it's almost a crutch, or it's almost like a silent cry for help, but not from the people that you would normally cry for help to. It's like from my students, but silently I will ask for help just come to train and I got you but without knowing they're helping me out and sorting my life out and and like straightening myself out and that's uh as much as it is fucked up but again it's like that contradiction of like holy shit like it's the same idea as what like you you end up not or not stopping to have a grandmaster in the martial arts and stuff. And like, oh my God, how am I going to learn and get better? And I started looking to my students to learn. It was the same pull, I'd say, towards that help thing of like, I'd help you because I know I can see the improvement and I could probably emulate what you might be doing for your life. It's weird. It's a weird combination. Yeah, but obviously but it's very beautiful. It is. It is like, and that's my fulfillment of training. You yeah. know, sometimes um, or teaching rather, um, moms of like am mom of a student because I've trained their three kids, and it comes to me, and you know, thanks me for for training their kids because if I didn't and I wasn't there for them, she wouldn't know where their kids would end up today. I'm like. I've done my job. Like I, like I don't have to do this ever again in my life, just because of that, like just because of that, thank you. And how it meant to them. I've done my job and being able. To, and again, it's like, I, I, I don't like, like I try I do my best not to, to just stay grounded as much as I can, but you know, people have come to train and like, Oh, Paul, like, you know, you've, Changed the biggest thing I've heard of is you've changed my life. I'm like, no, I have. like somehow that compliment. As well as like, I it's hard for me sometimes to take a compliment. So that bigger compliment is just like, oh, wait, you. It's you. It's all you. And being able to learn how to like just maybe bow my head and like thank you. Like you know, I'm still here. I'm not. Nothing's changed. Like you still have to do your work. And still being able to know that my toes are on the ground is a hard task sometimes because it's not even that I would swim in the compliment. It's the other way around. Like, I, it's very difficult for me to take compliments. Like, oh, my God, you're so good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good. I'm not good. Like, I, one of the things I always tell people here or, you know, even in Manila, like, never call me a master, like, ever. Like, ever, ever. Like, I will be very, very angry or upset with you if, I, if you call me a match Because, obviously, I have the perfect excuse for it. Um, but at the same time, it's for me, it's continuous growth. That's my mindset. But it's also very difficult for me to crystallize that thing, you know, because it's like crystallizing what I've been going through as well. And I don't want to do that. Like... I'd rather have that in like a conversation like this, you know, where stories can be said and things can come out and flow into each other rather than be a thing, like oh, he's a thing, he's a master or he's an expert. I'm like I'm not even an expert, I'm still a student, like just a little bit more advanced than 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 most of you or whatever you know and it's like it, and I say that because i know i didn't go to a school and or college that i took masters with like you know like literally i'm no master like i just do what i do and if it helps i will keep doing it and if i get to improve myself within that that's a bonus even if secretly that was the plan
0: alone
1: you know but you know it's it's an it's an interesting exchange um well my friend
0: you... I won't call you a master ever but I will say that this podcast I think is going to positively impact people's lives so oh, I, I am really so. grateful that you came on and I really want to hear where you're at in like 6 months or a year because I feel like you're at the start of something really beautiful with yourself Absolutely,
1: I'd like to know where I'm at at six months. She, <laughs> I
0: know, right? Like, like <laughs> because this. we can get just there. Some,
1: some days it's just like, oh my god, I want to be gentle, my hair out, and I'm like, oh my god, you that that. Like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to eat, or I want to eat everything. Or, funny enough, I'm I'm a self I'm, I'm a pothead, but like when I'm going through shit. I don't smoke I'm like oh my god something's wrong <laughs> like yeah. I end up just smoking when it's good times and I'm like that's also a good thing but at the same time, I'm like there's a part of me that's like go through it clear-eyed awake and like oh, just really? go through it so within six months I'd be interested I I'd update you because I'd update myself and I'm like I'm definitely going to tell you what's up.
0: <laughs> yes. So we're going to bring you back and have to hear what's going on and just, yeah, learn about how this transition is going for you. Maybe if you pursued a diagnosis or not, and just, um, if you get that neck tattoo. I will definitely, that's
1: not even going to make the fucking podcast. I will show you <laughs> what I do. <laughs> I will for let sure. you know. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, thank you thank so you. much.
1: Thank you, thank you so much. Like, thanks for ears listening. That's the, and listening from a perspective that you and Lori have. That in itself is a is a is a gift. Like, that's that's a gift to me. Like, you know, people would listen to you, but not many people will listen with similar ears as you. Your podcast, both of you, your perspectives, your your what you guys are doing, like it's helped me immeasurably. And if like, I don't know where I'd be today if I didn't stumble or if I didn't type best podcasts for borderline personality. You change perspectives of, of a thing that's usually very negatively frowned upon. And that's, that's a gift no one can 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 repay you for that you know that's the service this is the thank you you were waiting for Thank you. <laughs> thank you. but thank you so much like that's that's such a truly i know you have said even in your other episodes that you don't you you'd, you'd want to get rid of it like you do magic both of you do um both of you do magic work
0: Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bold Beautiful Borderline Podcast. Lori and I are so grateful that you're here with us on this journey, and we can't wait to dive into more topics in the future with you all about borderline and even have some more fun and exciting guests to join us on the podcast. If you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We would also love to see you interact with us on social media and on our Patreon page. The links to that are included in the show notes, so check us out there. We would be incredibly honored to get to know you all as you get to know us and our recovery stories. We love you.